All right, going to switch gears, get back to the issue of health care for a little bit here. Uh, a big issue in Canada, as you know right now. Uh, regardless of where you are in Canada, things are not functioning as well as we would like. There are problems with the system from coast to coast to coast. And at least up until now, we haven't seen governments have too much success in making things better, right? I mean, I would say right now we might be in the biggest crisis we've been in a long time. So clearly whatever we've been doing uh, may have helped a bit, but but not enough. So next month, the country's premiers will be holding their annual meetings. And all kinds of healthcare professionals came out this week signing on to a request, a plea, if you will, to make sure that the premiers make sure that healthcare remains right at the top of the agenda for all involved in those meetings. They come up uh, in July in Winnipeg. Uh, also, uh, one of the people signing that list, one of the groups, is the Canadian Medical Association. And the president of the CMA, Dr. Alika Lafontaine, joins us now to talk more about this. Uh, Dr. Lafontaine, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's start with the uh, with the national landscape. We'll get focused on the issues we face in Alberta and all the rest of that stuff, but we lose sight of the fact that a lot of those issues we talk about here exist elsewhere, right? We we hear about a crisis in healthcare nationally. So so how do you define that? What are you seeing across the country that has you alarmed? You know, one of the things about talking about healthcare that I, I think is a challenge with Canadians from coast to coast to coast is that unless you're you need the healthcare system, you tend not to think about how it's doing, right? Uh, COVID was an anomaly in the way that we all were utilizing the, the healthcare system. It, it was kind of everywhere that yeah. crisis. And now that that's starting to wane and we kind of move or we're moving into what's come after uh, for folks who don't need the healthcare system. They, they tend not to think about it. Now there's 6 million Canadians across the country who don't have access to primary care. We're having emergency department closures start uh, in kind of a rolling way, especially in smaller towns. Uh, if anyone remembers last summer and needed uh, emergency care, uh, it was pretty dire straits for quite a while. Uh, especially midsummer, you know, we're, we're probably going to enter into that cycle again as we move into the summer. And, you know, this will become front of mind because people will need care again. And I, I think it's really important to make sure that premiers are aware that we are going to repeat what's happened in the past if we don't do things differently. So some of the pressure points that we talk about here in Alberta, they're the same, right? Um, Canadians can't get a family doc. That That's a big one. Yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely a big part. And you know, for, for folks who've used the system, they recognize that demand in the system, it just gets shifted from one place to another. So if you have emergency rooms that are overwhelmed, that's usually a reflection of people not being able to get into their family doctor's clinic, not yeah. being able to get into a walk-in clinic or virtual care, et cetera. And so, you know, it, things will shift around back and forth. If we see it because we access it, we'll be aware of it. But, you know, we're, we're trying to make a call just to make sure Canadians know that if we don't plan around this and prepare for this, uh, when they need care, it may not be there. Some of these, you know, the issues when we talk about family docs, we talk about ERs, uh, wait times, all these sorts of things. Uh, they're not new, not by any means. Some of them have been around for a very, very long time. Have we made any progress, Doc? Have you seen it get better over the course of your career? Is there anything that's happening anywhere in Canada where we can say, boy, this was a really good initiative? You know, I, I think there's ebbs and flows to the problems. Right. And the healthcare system is, is so big and broad. It, it deals with so many different things that there's, there's pockets of excellence, but there's also pockets of where things, you know, get worse over time, uh, when you're not having large crises like this that are kind of affecting every part of the healthcare system. So if you go all the way back to 2004, that was the second largest investment by the federal government this year with the budget was actually the biggest. Um, and after that happened, 
premiers across the country start to galvanize around this problem of people's access to care. And, you know, the Wait Times Alliance came out of that. We started working on stuff called clinical pathways, actually asking ourselves how do patients access the system, how can we support them, et cetera. You know, I, kind of between 2008 and 2012, I, I think for a lot of parts of the system, especially in surgical services where I work as an anesthesiologist, you know, I really felt like people were getting better access to care. Now, things are obviously worse now. And so the, the question is, is why did they get worse? And I, I think it really comes down to provinces and territories getting up from the table with the federal government and, and kind of walking away thinking that the problem was solved. And it, it definitely wasn't. You know, doctor, I think that that's what it comes down to for me. Like I, I've been, I've been in the news business for about 30 years and we always talk about healthcare problems. We always have. I'm sure we always will because it is so important to so many people, as you've pointed out. Um, and, and it seems to me for a lot of levels of government and a lot of different politicians over those years, the answer is, well, we, we increased funding. We spent more money. We okay. did. And, and then, they, and like you say, they get up and walk away and say, hey, job done. But really, it's the more money is maybe opening the door to getting to work on fixing things. Like, the money itself doesn't solve the problems. Would you agree with that? We just throw money at it and think we've fixed it, but clearly it hasn't. Yeah, I think that governments, the federal, provincial, and territorial levels, they, they kind of create the opportunities for change. And for someone who's going into the healthcare system, I mean, you're looking at the person across from you as the person who's going to walk with you as you try and find the solution to your problem and hopefully have your health challenge fixed. Now, when when levels of government do not enable those folks at the front line, that's when we run into problems like this, right? And so, so governments are there to help enable us to solve problems at the front line. Um, and and I, I think that they haven't been around the table doing that over the last decade. I think there's been a real focus on how do we squeeze as much value against the folks that are working in the system without giving them more resources. You know, if you're looking at the family medicine crisis that we have where people are no longer choosing to provide that longitudinal relationship-based care like they did in the past, it's really because the working environments of being a family physician have gotten worse objectively over the last 10 years. And those have been government decisions. And so, you know, governments have a big part to play at enabling people at the front line to do things, but their decisions, especially the ones that have negative effects, they can turn the healthcare system upside down. And that is a big reason why we're at where we are. You sent the letter to the premier saying, hey, listen, keep this on the agenda. Keep it on the front burner. What do you want to see? Like, where do we start now? We know we've got a situation on our hands. and We've all talked about it. Where do we start? What's the thing we can do right now, doctor, that will start us down the road to improvement? So I, I think the first thing is we have to get really clear on what we're actually trying to do. And I, I think from a patient point of view, the number one issue is access. So any decisions or actions that we're making that don't directly affect access in a positive way are, are not priorities that we should be focusing on right now because that's the, that's the immediate need for patients across the country. Now, for providers in the system, and there's a desperate need to keep folks in the system, make sure that they don't leave for early retirement or scale back in their clinical care, uh, recruit people into areas that are, are definitely in desperate need, especially in places like primary care. We have to improve those working environments, you know, and, and that's not just money. It's also making sure that People are engaged and are able to share what they're seeing on the front line that, you know, it's not positive for patients or for them and actually seeing people change. You know, those types of things we can do right now. Now, the, the good thing that we're at that we weren't at last year is that there is a lot of resources that have been committed in this past budget that have yet to flow into creating the opportunities to solve these problems. And so I, I think at COF, when the premiers come together and they, they meet in Winnipeg, making sure that they're focused along the long list of priorities that they have to 
have to look at on deploying those resources to actually have the front line supported and patients get that access. That that's what we want to see. Um, and long term, that's we, we we build on that, right? That's where we it, it all starts with that first step, and then we just continue to build on on those gains. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, one of one of the things that I've learned over the past year as president of the Canadian Medical Association that you know I, I knew but has really been consolidated is that government is there to help us help ourselves. You know, government needs to enable us through changes in how rules are put in place, deploying resources. It's really about helping that physician who sits across from the patient or the nurse or the pharmacist or whomever is kind of helping you work your way through the healthcare system to be free to to do the things that they know are going to help you. And the more that we lean into that, the more successful we're going to be at system change and making sure that we get through this crisis, which, you know, is pretty dire right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy and I appreciate you being here today. 